Welcome podcasters, you are listening to another episode of Tell Me Why, a resource for athletes, coaches, and parents in sport. Co-hosted by Dr. Ginny Christerna and U.S. Speed Skating Hall of Fame inductee Patrick Wentland. This podcast is developed as a resource for athletes, parents, coaches, and referees looking to improve player development and performance. Conversations and opinions expressed on the show are not intended as medical or clinical advice. Welcome back, podcasters, to another episode of Tell Me Why. Today, my co-host, Jenny, Dr. Jenny Christerna, and I are discussing game day preparation. And Jenny, this is a big one for me because I spend months uh, maybe years working with athletes for a specific competition where they, uh, this is their goal, whether it's Olympic trials or uh, junior world championship, senior world championship, whatever it is, learning how to train for that competition, work, 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 and then taper to be in your ulti- ultimate maxed out, ready to go preparation and perform at your best. And so many people really don't understand the fine tuning part of that. Really, after after all those months of working hard, really putting it together and getting ready to go. And I'm I'm excited to talk about this one. I'm excited too because I need it for myself. And so I, I think that you can take this and apply it to life too. Just how do I fine tune to start tapering down? So I think that's pretty fantastic. I'm excited myself. Great. And uh, I think on your side of things, there, there's also that mental training component too, which we can include into this. And it may even need more than one podcast because we got a, a early, just a huge subject. And I'm yeah. going to start us off with uh, a little story because I, I ran into this this last weekend. We have, I've been working with a group of skaters all summer and summer's kind of our off season. We're like trying to get ready for fall and winter competitions. But uh, one skater in particular, he's got the what's called the Youth Olympic Games uh, team trials to qualify to compete at the Youth Olympic Games, which is in Korea in January, February. I don't know what, what, the, what the date is, but trials are coming up in October. So we have started paper. And to get ready for that competition, we physically put in the volume of work, the strength training, the speed work, the technical work, the mental work. He's, we've had him reading uh, psychology books and working with psychologists, uh, along with all the physical work we've been doing. And right now we're, we have to be over date and site, which we really have to start getting ready for. And we had our first competition of the year this last weekend where he had to go in and this competition didn't mean anything, but he had to go in against the same people he's going to be competing with at Youth Olympic Games and get himself ready and learn how he's going to deal with those people and with himself at that event. And I told him, I said, this competition doesn't mean anything. But we're going to go into it, you and I, thinking this is our Youth Olympic game trial. We're going to go in and do everything we're going to do that same day on Youth Olympic game day trials. We're going to prepare our head. We're going to eat. 
the way we're going to eat, the way we know what works for us. We're going to do our warm up the same way. We're going to have our equipment ready to go. We're going to have, we didn't really paper physically as much because the competition didn't mean much. So he's going to go in maybe a little more tired than he will at the actual trials, but that's only a plus because we'll actually be able to perform better. But try and put everything else in there for game day prep and get him ready to know what that's going to feel like when that day comes and be all ready and have already done the dry run through it and uh, hopefully even perform better on that day. Mm -hmm. So it, it went well. I mean, at least that, that competition went well and we were able to come up with a few things we got to work on coming into race day. Things like just having his food intake and stuff, fine-tuned a little bit more, like do things upset his stomach or changing around his warm-up a little bit more. So he's a little bit more warmed up and uh, right before the competition starts. So that's just one of the things, one of the areas we're going to talk about today. And then also the important part is going from that high-end physical volume of work where you're trying to build your endurance, you're trying to build your speed, you're pushing your muscles, you're pushing your lungs to the max through your off-season training to get ready for your competition. You're not going to go into your first competition all tired and working, still continuing that workload. You want to bring that volume down and almost increase your intensity a little bit. So you're getting your muscles, your, your lungs, your physical body, a little more lifted, building up your glycogen, glycogen stores, your energy level coming into your competition and increasing the volume. You're still keeping your muscles or increase, I'm sorry, increasing your intensity. So you're still keeping your muscles used to the maximum that you've been doing, but you're not doing as much volume. So your body is recovering a little bit more in between and you're probably giving yourself a little bit more rest time. How do you, in your world of psychology, Jenny, relate that same experience for these athletes as they're starting to commit to a high level competition that's maybe one of the up on their list that they've been training for or have in their head? Sure. So I my direct experience is with soccer, taekwondo, and track and some basketball. And what happens is the volume that you're talking about really is that part of the 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 routine that conditions, right? It it just conditions you to think or do if you're doing more of a physical conditioning to get it re to get you ready so it's it's more normal so it's just practicing the skill set over and over and over again at, at different and varying degrees or levels and then as you taper that's more making it second nature that's part of it becoming you like how do i now apply this to real life if you will the rubber meeting the road because if you think about it the more focused you become, it's taking your ability, and we'll just do something pretty common. It's taking your ability to, to walk 
when a baby learns how to walk, it's like it's practicing all the time, how to get up, how to balance itself. And then after a while, it just walks on its own. And then after a while, it has some grace to it. There's a flow. There's a flow to it. And then it has its own signature movement. Some people kind of have a lean or a little swag, if you will, to their walk. Little right? baby swagger. Okay. There you go. And so it's it's almost like that. Like here's all this stuff and, and we're kind of getting used to it and we need this. And then after a while, as we get ready for game day, we're just going to start refining it. And how do we make it more efficient? How do we make it something that that is our own that we don't even have to think about that's kind of second nature but when it comes to the conditioning piece especially in sports unless it's golf or something but in a very active sport you know the the intervals the intensity going up and down catching your breath you know all of a sudden your heartbeat your heart rate is up really high and then it just stops and it goes down and then you have to catch your breath again and so it, it's, there's so many varying dynamics in each sport that your body does need to get used to that. So when you're actually doing the sport, it, it doesn't bother you. It's like, oh, this is easy. The basic stuff can feel quite natural and easy for you. Definitely easier anyway, because usually you're any, competition, any competition, you're pushing yourself harder than you normally do. It's one of the big reasons I encourage a lot of the athletes I work with to attend as many competitions as possible through the season. And my philosophy on that is that you gain, uh, as an example, you would, I tell athletes, they have a physical and mental training in one competition. They can, they can make up in one competition what it will take them about four weeks of physical training to accomplish. They improve their time. They improve their performance. They improve their mental capacity for the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The strategy of the competition and, and they just learn so much more. But going back a little bit more to the, the, the taper really for, for athletes learning how to, to do this and maybe going into one of their biggest competitions for the first time and haven't had the opportunity or really realized how to do this. Uh, I had the opportunity to learn this through one of the strength and conditioning specialists at the U.S. Olympic Training Center in Lake Placid, New York, many, many years ago as we started training our junior team, getting them ready for upper level competition. Um, I hadn't really done this before in my path. So it was always train, train, train and get and rest a couple of days before the competition and try and be ready. Well, as soon as you start resting, your muscles just start shrinking. And, and they say it takes a couple of weeks for your muscles to totally shrink. I, I'm thinking as an elite level athlete and just my own physical feeling for my own body it feels like it starts happening right away. So like you stop using your muscles, they start shrinking and you don't have them. So really the goal is to keep maxing them out, but not as much. So let's take a weightlifter, for example, uh, a weightlifter who is normally training with 10 reps of a hundred pounds for whatever exercise. 
he would normally, he or he would normally to taper for that, would start dropping that down eight reps for a higher weight, six reps for a higher weight, four reps for a higher weight, one or two reps as we come into the last few days or weeks before competition, one or two reps at their max or max, even beyond their max uh, weight. Just so they are, again, not physically doing a huge volume of work, but doing a high intensity of the work and keeping those muscles stretched to the maximum. Mm -hmm. And so, you know what you basically are describing to me? Taking a course, right, in high school or college or whatever, and the classroom portion. We're going to go over it. We're going to introduce you to some things. We're going to practice it. We're going to have you do some homework, give you a different set of problems. Same rules apply, the same strategies, but you're going to apply them differently. You're going to get creative. And then we're going to give you quizzes, these smaller competitions. We want to see how well you do. They count towards your final grade. We're going to give you some tests, right? We're going to keep practicing and practicing and building on it. And then you have your final exam, which is the big one whether it's the Youth Olympics, whether it's the senior team trials or what have you, or the Olympics altogether a professional, that has a lot of similarity to that. And like, we're, we're, we're in class right now. And we're going to see where you need some support and some training um, where, or some development. So I'm going to uh, throw that one back at you, Jenny, and, and give you a, a hypothetical. So if we're, if we're in a class and I'm comparing it to sport, and we are getting ready for the big test. I'm thinking we're doing the opposite because we are cranking up the volume. We're studying more and more. We are staying up night, late, reading, going over notes, a lot of volume going in there. Um, where the, the physical part of training for that competition, we are lowering the volume and maybe going over fine points and maybe that's how maybe that's why i didn't do so good in the school why i should have been going over the fine points or the more instead of heavy volume of, of reading and understanding piles of stuff which may or may not even be on the test well actually it's 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 interesting that you say that because i i don't think it's very different I think it's about the individual when it comes to school and kind of how they learn best. And it's no different in sport. Like, how do I learn best? That's why we take the athlete's mental edge, right? What's the best way that this athlete learns? But when you're talking about the physical piece and kind of turning down the volume on that and, and, and becoming more tapered and refined, I think we're saying the same thing. So I just took my test for promotion for high school. And so now I'm a certified rep. Woohoo! For and the rep, okay. That, the book, this little thing right here has all of these whatevers in it. And I, you know, me, I'm, you know, no one will best me at study. I will, I will be heads down in that books. But it's one thing to read the whole book. It's another thing to go, so what's the focus of this test? And then you take that and you narrow it down, right? That's mentally. But it makes, this, it makes sense physically, too. Like, you should be doing most of your studying in the beginning because you're trying to wrap your arms around some things. But as the test gets nearer, you're going to start focusing on what is going to be on the test, what is most likely to show up on that test, and then you start funneling down. 
because mm. you can't remember everything. But it's a strategy. If you're in a different sport, each sport requires something different. And that's why you have a coach, right, who's done this many times. So they know this is what you're going to need most of. That doesn't mean you're not going to need any of the other thing. It's that now we really have to focus on X, Y, or Z. So, for example, when in high school soccer, most of the questions come from rules 12 and 13. That doesn't mean the other rules aren't going to be there, but most of them are going to be from 12 and 13. So what am I going to do? I'm going to really look at 12 through 13. There's no sense in me going to the other ones. If I'm going to spend most of my time on something, it's going to be on that. Do I need to know the other things? Absolutely. But because it's an open book test, I kind of know where I'm going to look because I've read the whole thing. And I've read it so much that it's, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can piece together things. But physically, it makes sense where it's like, all right, we're going to not do as much. And we're going to focus on more of the smaller muscles or the lip. If you're, I'm thinking of, of working out, but and toning up. But anyway, the point is, is that that does make sense. And that is how you study. Because you can't study and remember everything. So the tapering makes sense to me. And maybe I'm not just doing a, a great a job making the analogy like I usually do. But it No, actually, it's uh, uh, a couple of things I really got out of there. And it's one thing I didn't touch on. And uh, you're right. When it comes down to that crunch time for athletes that I've worked with, we, we drop that volume down as we're talking about. And again, that's, that's so key people just to understand if you're doing all this work for months or weeks or whatever, how what length of period, getting yourself in shape and going through your drills and your exercise and your weights. And you, you slowly have to slowly start having to back that down a little bit while you keep raising your intensity. But an important part that I got out of what you just said, Jenny, was the fine tuning, the little skills Because if you're coming into that competition or a test, you are starting to pick apart the little things you don't know. And you start to fine tune and really work on some of the little technical aspects. Cause you're not physically straining yourself and you have a little bit more energy. You're actually spending a little bit more time on some little minute technical things that you're not quite good at. Maybe it's your shooting, maybe it's your kicking, maybe it's a, a pass or a footwork or a technical aspect of your sport that you struggle with and you just want to perfect. A lot of times it takes with that repetition, as you talked about over and over and over again, to really make that technical aspect the norm and yeah make it part of your tune without having to think about it. And again, as you come into that competition, if it, if you're still struggling with it, it's probably not going to be performing where you want it to be at that race game competition, whatever it is, without thinking about it. And it's not something, and I would tell my athletes that I'm working with, don't overthink things when you get to that race. It's, it's in the practices where you got to start fine tuning and perfecting things. When you're in that race or that competition or that game, you got to be thinking, focusing on the game, what's happening in there, everybody else that's around you, what's going on. You're not concentrating, oh, I got to kick on my left side of my foot or I got to do this or that. You know, there's, there's usually too much going on for that. So this time of taper coming into that competition 
you're spending a little bit more time doing those repetitions, fine tuning those little skills that you need to be working on. You know what? When you said that, and this is why I, I like when there's co-host and, and a partnership in these in these in podcasts or presentations, because I and you're describing the the whole tapering piece more just this last time. What came to me was this is like going from being a generalist to a specialist. So you should know these big things over here, but the higher up you go, you know the smaller things that matter. So it's 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 one thing to to know English. It's another thing to know Latin. It's like this is a specialty. So as you're tapering, what you're saying, and and let me know if I'm getting it, is that as you compete at the higher levels, you're looking at the little things now. In the beginning, that volume is making sure you have the basics, making sure that you're ready for, you have a solid foundation to start now focusing on the small things that are going to make a big difference in your performance physically, because the big stuff is already there. You've already got the strength. You've already got the agility. Now we're going to refine that. We're going to really hone in those things as we get closer to the competition. Did I get that? Or I think you nailed it, Jay. That's perfect. Okay. And then actually where I'd love to see you continue on this a little bit is from the psychological part of a prep. Where, where would you recommend athletes who have been, you know, had this one big competition in their head and they're, they've been working all summer, all winter, well, season for this, and they're coming into this and they have a couple of weeks to a month or whatever ready, maybe even less time than that. How do you recommend maybe they start prepping mentally for this big event? You know, it's funny you, you, you say that because I'm working with somebody around that. And I tell people, look, let's see where you are, what, what you've done up until this point mentally. If they haven't done much mental prep, I do let them know there might not be much I can do for you, especially when you're two weeks out. And I've turned away athletes just for that reason. Don't, don't come to me two weeks before your competition and say, I want to get my head right. I touch it with a 10 foot pole because it'll actually, it, it can very much have the opposite effect. I love right? this. That is it, so, so helpful. Perfect. I, so when I gave my son a new anchor the day before his final race, before he won the 800 in the state for high school, I was so nervous, but I had been working with him. You and I had been working with him for quite a while before then. So he could he could get a new anchor. But I do tell people, don't start prepping a couple of weeks, a month before. Don't do that. That is not helpful. You may as well go in with your mindset and, 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 and pray to whoever you pray to and just find a way to get focused, do some meditations on clearing your head or something like that, because there isn't much that can be done that may not have an adverse effect. But what I will say, I mean, so do some meditations, you know, relaxing and breathing. That's the best I got for you. But if okay. you're about three months out, three months, and that is the very bare minimum for me, three months or more, that's when you have a shot at actually starting to look at your head. But that should be happening as part of the volume. That should absolutely be a part of the volume a year before you start. 
if you know you're going to Olympics and that's every four years, but you know, you got to basically start training all year round and you just kind of have your off season and on season, you, that should be a part of your prep because the way your mind and body works together, you can't separate them. So if you're working on your body with that volume, your mind has to be there. And I'm going to tell you why, because you have to understand what's in it for you. Are you intrinsically motivated or are you extrinsically motivated? Are you motivated because I really want to do this? Or are you motivated because I want bragging rights? Two very different types of motivations, two very different types of headspaces. Not one is better than the other. It's just the way you come at it. And then the things that you do in terms of self-talk, in terms of, you know, pushing through that brick wall or that runner's wall, it, those are important. And if we can't get you to receive feedback, there's nothing anybody can do. If you think you know everything, then what do you need a sports psychology person for? What do you need? You're your own therapist at that point. If you can't get feedback, if you don't, think you're doing anything wrong, if you won't look at how you can get better by looking at the things that didn't go so well, that's going to be a problem. This is why on national teams with, with national coaches or, or, or what have you, they're not looking for, for people who just say, tell me what to do. They're looking for people who are coachable because there are going to be some hard things that you need to hear or that might rub up against your ego or, or maybe it feels like a gut punch. Well, if you run away and you stomp away with an attitude, how is that helpful? That is so part of, you know, mental development. How do you take that in? And if that's a very tender spot for you, we need to work with you as far in advance so we can get you used to that. We have to get you used to getting that kind of feed. Not because they're just focusing on the negative. They're going to balance it with positive in terms of the feedback but when it comes time to really fine tuning things, you have to be open to that. And that is all mental. That has nothing to do with your body. But that is something that you should be doing and getting used to at the beginning. I don't know if that means. I love how you, yeah, I love how you put that together because it, it kind of relates to where I was as a kid when I was younger. And I'd go into a competition a few days to a week out. And I'm like, all right, I got to start like pumping myself up and getting myself right in the head and start building my confidence because I got a competition in a week. Well, as you just stated, that, that wasn't, yeah, it might've helped me a little bit because at least I was aware of it, but it was a little too little too late and take you back to our current situation with athletes I'm working with. We ended last season kind of going over where our weaknesses were. A lot of that was our mental training. The physical, these guys can do. The mental training can always have some touch-ups or some fixes or adjustments in different areas. So we started getting them some books, reading some books, different categories for different athletes, focusing on some different things and really working on going over some of those things in the book that at different hard workouts, I'd be like, all right, what did that book tell you? about when you started getting struggling or you're just getting difficult for what are you supposed to be telling yourself? So he could start using those things in his head in practice when things get difficult. So I think that was great, great information for our listeners. And I really hope people are, are grabbing onto that because the earlier, the better start putting that mental training in just like you're doing for the physical training. 
Uh, you're trying to prep a month to a year out for a big event physically. I love that advice to really start working on that mentally too. There's, there's books, there's working with a psychologist. There's, there's probably other things out there. You can tell us what to do, Jenny, but, um, it's such a huge. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm actually putting together a group, just a webinar, you know, that's just open and maybe like 10 or 15 bucks in the, in the upcoming months where it's just going to be open to athletes and coaches. And if, if they have questions, they can submit them and then I'll answer them. It's just going to be a group where they can go, okay, well, what about this? And what about that? Because it, and, and what are some of the things that I can think about doing and in a more specific way, more specific than a book, what, what ends up happening is that and the reason that I am so adamant about doing that mental prep while you're doing that physical piece in the beginning with that high volume is because the way we talk to ourselves then, the way we talk to ourselves then, that is really hard to break. So if I'm like, oh man, this is so freaking hard. Oh, that's hard to break. It might seem small, but that's pretty significant. That is your self-talk. As opposed to, and let's reframe it, oh my God, this is, this is that wall. Just shifting a little bit. Oh my, this was, oh, this was challenging. Right. Just shifting just a lot of the smaller things. So it's kind of like the tapering that we've been talking about, but we're just going to reframe. We're reframing. We're reframing. Yeah. So that way in the beginning, it's not so heavy. It's not something that now we have to undo. It is so much easier to build a child, to build an athlete, to build a good employee from the beginning than it is to repair them later. And wow. it's cheap. That's <laughs> uh, great information. Uh, it's, it's, and it makes sense. I know I've discovered that same stuff in, in my competition years. Yeah. And you still got some good competition years left in you? I keep telling myself, but I don't know. Just, I, I like to help others. <laughs> why, why train myself anymore? But hey, Jay, let's, let's kind of wrap up with what we got and uh, kind of give uh, our little takeaways for our coaches and athletes and parents and referees and uh, see, see what we can give them some fine points to take away from this for their youth. I'll let you go ahead if you're ready. So... Do your mental prep as soon as possible. Include that as part of your regular training and routine because it's not any different. You're doing it anyway. You're just probably doing it in an unhealthy way, right? So include that. It's usually not very expensive. It, there is an investment, but find someone to help you as you're doing your physical training, coordinate your mental training as well. You'll find that it, it, it just goes so much further and, and you'll, it'll feel so natural. It'll feel like, oh, it's not that it's easy. This is, these are good challenges for me. And that's really the space we want you to be in. And each person has a different way of talking to themselves that they're usually unaware of. And that is what your mental psychologist, sports psychologist person will help you with. That is super important do that from the beginning you'll be glad you did it saves you a lot of headache and frustration later don't be calling your sports psychologist days the week before your event and be like hey fix me get me ready i love it 
and I'll, I'll talk to the parents and coaches and athletes a little bit, really about the physical side of it. And I, I won't stress enough, just watch the mental. Plan your goal out months, months in advance, just like we talked about in one of our earlier podcasts of really having that direction and know where you're going. Put the program together, work on your, your strength, your conditioning, your volume, uh, your technical stuff way in advance, bring it down to that competition day, slowly taper it in again, back off on your volume, really increase your intensity, fine tune your skills and, and get your, your points ready. Work with your coach to develop that plan and really say to coach, okay, this is my, my goal competition, my goal doing, this is my tryout, whatever it is I want to be. I need to be ready for that. Work months out, figure out your, your taper period, figure out your training period and really put together an ideal program, including that taper time for you to be rested, but still keeping those muscles fresh and strength strong and, and ready to perform when you need it. I love it. All right. Great guys. Hopefully you got some great information from our podcast today. We appreciate you listening. Don't forget to go on and subscribe and follow us on your favorite podcast listening channel. And we look forward to talking with you next week. Have a great one. <laughs>